Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Garrett Impla. Garrett's obsession is a little bit harder to define. Uh, it's a little bit of an adventurous mindset, always constantly pushing the envelope of what you're capable of physically, always trying to be pushing yourself mentally and what you're capable of there. Uh, when Garrett was younger, maybe eight, nine years ago, he biked across the U.S. from the Carolinas to the Californias. And uh, yeah, so a neat story to kind of hear what that took, what that entailed, uh, some neat moments along the way. And we dive into uh, details after the fact as well about some mindsets and stuff like that. So this is a fun one. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Garrett, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Logan. Yeah. Here to, have, here to have you in to talk about your bike ride across the U.S. Uh, previously, I'd asked you about it and you shut me down. You said you don't want to talk about it. Uh, but in this setting, I think this will work where I just want to hear the story, uh, what made you do it, some of the experiences that you had. Um, so let's start. How old were you? What inspired that journey? I was 21 years old, inspired by the journey. Um just randomly. I was out working on the oil field in North Dakota and making money, but didn't feel like I was doing anything with life. And every now and again, I was a big reader. So every now and again, I'd just think, why are these cool stories? Other people, why don't I have any cool stories? Right. What's, where's something I can start? So one thing would be like, uh, climbing Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that takes a lot of, you know, time and money to even get there. Mm -hmm. So something like riding a bike is something you learn real young. And it really is just one pedal after another. Yeah. So something like a trip across the country, I knew is extremely achievable. Uh, as long as you can take an indefinite amount of time off. Unless you have a set uh, schedule, which I did not. Mm -hmm. So I made my money on the oil rigs and bought a bike. Didn't know anything about it. So I went to the bike store and said, not a biker. I know how to put a chain back on. I know how to fix a flat, but I need a bike that I'll hold up going coast to coast. Yeah. And they proceeded to tell me all these doubting things and how I need to wear uh, bike padded shorts and get multiple pairs for one, one sweaty and... Mm -hmm. How I wouldn't do it if I didn't have those things. Hmm. And when someone told me I couldn't do something without those things, then I told them, I'm not taking those and right. watch me do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did. I just got the bike itself and I went for it. Um, did a little bit of preparation. That, tried to at the beginning. I looked on a map and started tracing. Uh, I, I started North Carolina, someplace that looked pretty east in the country mm -hmm. and uh tried the following western routes and writing them down and it just got to be too annoying so ended up just doing that while i was pedaling hmm. just looked for west signs right okay um 
at that time, at least there was discussion. I was living near you. Uh, you had asked a few people to come with you. I don't remember if it was actual or real invitation. Would you have wanted somebody to come with you or would you have allowed somebody to come with you? 100% I would have wanted someone. Okay. And I would have allowed it. And it was genuine question to ask people. Right. And there are people who I knew were in similar situations out there making money who potentially would have a time, have the time or want to drop everything for a little bit. Mm-hmm and just try something right so so it's definitely a genuine question and a lot of people ask me if i do it again and the answer would be no unless i had someone else to do it with right right the uh and we'll get into the story itself but are you glad you went alone or would you rather have had somebody there or is it a, i suppose it's a double-edged sword i was glad for the experience 100 percent as it was yeah uh quote um that i like um, from into the wild mm-hmm. is um, true happiness is shared. Right. And I stand by that quote when it comes to this experience. Yeah. That's why I, I would, if I did it again, I would take someone with me. Yeah. That's an awesome book, Into the Wild. The uh, And it's those kind of adventures, like like what he went on, heading up to Alaska, stuff like that, or he headed out west after, uh, I mean, he grew up, he had everything, like had school paid for cars paid for he sold everything and went out there and just something about that all in uh i'm going for it mentality is just so intriguing uh and and this bike ride here even i had an opportunity to come with and i have no good excuse like looking back i was like that would have been the right thing to do but for whatever reason i didn't make that choice but that's why i'm intrigued by you that you made that choice and you were committed to it um but let's dive into it so you got the bike you didn't train a whole lot you just kind of figured you would uh, condition yourself on the road more or less or what? Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, left the rigs, uh, after my, or during my second January there in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So you and I both know it's brutal cold out there at that time of the year. Right. So I was glad to get out of it. Wanted to be biking more Southern. So this was going to be beginning of February. And, um, basically as soon as I got home from, uh, oil field, get some stuff together, and leave i was wasn't feeling good went and found out i had mono which Hmm. i didn't really know anything about but apparently uh once you get over it you still aren't really in a condition to exercise Mm -hmm. particularly right because your spleen is weak and could rupture with any amount of a certain amount of exerted force that's what i remember from the mono right so i was actually just told don't do anything strenuous for a month. Hmm. So I waited 30 days exactly, and then I left. Mm-hmm. You got on a bus, or somebody dropped you off, or how did you get down to the Carolinas? So my dad drove me there. Um, he told me later that he did in case it was the last time he saw me. So Crazy. that's how I got there. Yeah. You have kids now. I do. Yeah. Or you have a kid or two kids? Two kids. Two kids. Do you have a different perspective? Again, uh, we'll get into the story, but do you have a different perspective on what that would be like to drop your kid off on a a cross-country bike journey? No, I very much support support my kid if you want to do something like that, if it seemed like he was in the right mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, For myself, I had a lot of um, faith um, and didn't feel any fear for any of it. Right. No, because I going on something like that or anything, if I'm going to go on 
any type of trip or whatever, like if I'm the one doing it, I know I can control my outcome. Sure, there's stuff out of your control, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. I mean, you control it. But when you don't have that control and you're dropping your kid off to go on a cross-country bike trip, even though I support the decision, I think there's still be a lot of fear as a parent, uh, just unknowns, you know, how's your kid going to handle it? At the end of the day, you just got to know they can handle the adversity as well. But I just think, you, yeah, it'd be a different experience for sure. I 100% agree. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it, it will be unknown mm-hmm. i might be talking big right now that i'll support my kid but right i might be a little more weak when it comes to that point yeah we'll see right. so dad dropped you off how did that beginning start were you 10 miles in and you're saying holy moly what are we looking at here or what was the what was the beginning like uh so we got down to new Bern, north carolina was my um sleeping spot the night before we left mm-hmm. we left from emerald isle and we explored um new Bern a little bit the day before spent the night my dad was kind of taking his time you know now i know why mm-hmm. but we got breakfast together and just hung out went down to the beach took a pre-trip photo together and um just laughed for a little bit i didn't end up leaving that first day until maybe close to noon mm-hmm. which isn't um a lot of biking left in the day right so i ended up only going maybe uh 60 miles if i remember correctly the first day yeah which is maybe i don't know five hours on the bike or something okay and then um that was the first test really see how my gear was loaded and how i was feeling and just kind of anticipating the next what, couple thousand miles or whatever it was mm-hmm yeah, did you, everything went well that first 60 miles or were you, yeah, yeah how was that? Yeah, piece of cake, um, one pedal at a time, right? Yeah. Didn't since you were a kid. Yeah, right. But then did you, so you said you did a lot of your mapping on the way. Did you, like while you're riding you or taking a break, you'd pull up your phone and try to find your next route or you would literally be like following road signs or what were, what were your processes like that for that? So a lot of times uh, on a bike, the road you're on, last longer than it does in a car right so sometimes i never really had to even think about what i was doing or i had to remember one turn Mm -hmm. but uh my i had a pocket atlas which showed the the main roads that Mm -hmm. i could take um interstates excluded right um and if something got complicated i'd just stop in a gas station and look at their local map and kind of see what headed west made sense and every now and again i'd talk to someone and say what's the quickest way to get uh to the border or the next state or whatever was the next landmark Mm -hmm. but you didn't have a pre-planned route eh? i mean you were figuring it out along the way um what kind of gear did you have starting out with you had some a tent and stuff like that or what did you have so i had two saddle bags on the back of my bike uh it was a touring bike yeah uh surly disc trucker and um I guess I loaded it on one side, the waterproof side, with my clothes mm-hmm. and a journal. I journaled every night. Mm-hmm. And I might have brought a book. So anything that I didn't want to get wet, I kept over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the map, I guess, would be included in there. Then on the other side, it wasn't waterproof. And I had, like, um, sandal uh, or some sandals. I had a knife. I had um maybe just a 
few more clothes wrapped in a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. And then on top of the saddlebags, there was a tent laid across, and it was wrapped in a an extra tarp that I could use for whatever I needed it. Okay. So that was the that was the bulk of the goods, and then I had two water bottles and a Camelback was the only thing I wore while biking. Okay. Um, and I did wear a reflective vest. That okay. Was, that was my main safety precaution, along with a helmet. Yeah. So you got rolling. Uh, first day, 60 miles. What did the days after that look like? There was no, no stress was the main point of this trip. Yeah. There's no itinerary. I was by myself, so I didn't have to, you know, push myself for when someone else wanted to go and I didn't, I could stop whenever I wanted. I told myself that if this was an annoying trip, I was just going to bike to the closest airport no matter where I was and I'd fly home. Mm-hmm. So there's really no stress right. for the whole thing. Uh, what ended up happening was my plan being get up as, with the sun as early as I could um, and get going and then just see how I felt. I anticipated some sort of soreness or something the first who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Really didn't feel any soreness the whole trip. Hmm. So it became competitive with myself i got maybe just shy of 100 miles the second day okay uh, then never under 100 miles the rest of the rest of the trip just because feels cool to beat your own record right sort of thing yeah what was the most miles that you did in a day did you ever keep track of that i had a computer on the bike that would keep the keep track of stats like uh seat time mm-hmm. um mileage stuff like that and i have it written down but by memory i, would, I think it's 120 something miles right it wasn't ridiculous yeah um but it was probably an average of seven and a half hours of seat time a day at, okay. at the end when i did some math yeah and outside of seat time what were you typically doing were you exploring different areas or just relaxing reading books or what were, what were you doing if i had had a partner on the trip i would have done more exploring yeah what it ended up being was um just going unless there was some reason to stop yeah um first reason was a cousin in birmingham alabama okay so i stopped stayed the night we just visited and uh something like that got me started a little later the next morning Mm mm-hmm but again, there was no, no problem with that. It was an absolutely great experience and visit. Mm-hmm. For sure. How many days in was that? Do you remember roughly? Um, that was probably close to a week. Okay. Just guessing uh, where Alabama is, and it took a month total. I was gonna say, yeah, whole trip is about a month. So a weekend. Uh, during that week, did you have a lot of people interactions? Uh, did you just pulling into gas stations stuff like that, or what was that like? There's a couple little interactions, just uh, people looking in if they're interested and. Uh, interested enough to ask they would and i'd tell them what i was doing yeah uh, still pretty early on pretty east on the country at that in that first week so mm-hmm. a lot of them might have been skeptical or right. doubters or whatever which doesn't matter right. doesn't mean anything to me one way or the other but right probably a couple memorable ones interactions with people would be the first wednesday of the trip that i just happened to be pulling into a town around 6 45 at night 
it was the t- I was looking for a town to set up a tent, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a church that said Wednesday night Bible class hmm. uh, seven p.m. Right. So I was right in time. So I just <laughs> I just said, let's see what this is like. <laughs> right. So I swung into a random church. Of course, I was a completely strange face wearing a reflective vest. Yeah. So afterwards, they came <clears throat> and asked me what what was up, mm-hmm. and I said I was biking, and then. Uh, course could have maybe been predicted maybe that's why i stopped in but they invited me over to their house to spend the night there instead of my tent yeah uh maybe you could say i was taking advantage of you know the the people in faith you know they're gonna offer something nice for you yeah but i like to think that i just wanted to go hear something and uh ended up getting a hot dinner shower they washed my clothes even yeah uh then they they uh gave me breakfast before i headed out in the morning yeah another interaction was just uh happened a few times but in that first week i remember the first time eating in a restaurant and someone just was talked to me for a little then paid for my meal and that Hmm. was that was kind of fun too Mm -hmm. yeah the uh so took a month uh what was your favorite part of the trip as far as the uh, landscape goes there's a couple of memorable ones that are a little little less um or like most people would think it'd be the mountains or something right which was brutal to bike up i'm sure not quite as fun to enjoy uh landscape wise there's a i went through the panhandle of texas okay and there's some um badland type region there Hmm. and it was just uh it was just maybe something to do with timing or um like time of the day i was getting into town i think the uh the little town that i remember was like red hill and there was no it wasn't a town it just had a sign and i pulled off into some random road and set up a tent and there was a sunset over this bad line land type region and that was pretty memorable Mm -hmm. and uh, another one was in arkansas which was just some park okay that i can't recall off the top of my head i'd have to zoom in on a google map but uh it was just full of trees and water and it was beautiful hmm. yeah Did, going into this was it a uh was like the out, I mean, you're outdoors for a month straight basically was that part of it like were you looking for the the outdoor and the nature experience somewhat or, or did that play into anything at all absolutely okay um, yeah, I would say that could be the core of it. Okay. Self-sustainability, you know, um, getting out there with not a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. crossing the country, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it's a modern-day Lewis and Clark type thing, right? And right. Just going across. Maybe right. not quite as impressive, seeing as I had paved roads and and a bike and a, a credit card. Right. But... Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how I felt with it. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, if you're a young kid, you're walking across the, the yard is a journey. And so it's all just a scale, you know, right. it's, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I've got a thousand questions. We'll just keep going. But the, uh, did you hit any real struggles? I mean, the physical struggle of the mountains, stuff like that, but any other struggles mentally, stuff like that, that you had to break through or anything like that? Um, not, not really. Uh, that exact, uh, location in Texas that I was trying to detail 
Uh, I did a poor job because it was it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Was uh was an emo- it was kind of an emotional evening. Okay, I was a little bit overtaken with how gorgeous the view was. Right, and uh, I brought a you know a non touchscreen brick Nokia phone. Mm-hmm. That was what I brought as a phone. Right, and uh, I did call my uh, mom, mm-hmm. and I just said wanted to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I was about halfway through the trip at that point. I'm doing good. Didn't check in every night or anything. So this is kind of the first call. Right. And I just said, it's gorgeous here. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the only time I, I like felt an emotion that I wish I could share with someone. Yeah. Definitely. Right, right. there. That moment, if I could recreate it and someone else felt the same thing, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Do you think you could through normal day-to-day life or does it require something grand to feel that or get to that point? It's a terrific question. It should be able to be done day-to-day life um, to feel appreciation for what you got. I don't think I do the best job of of recognizing it all the time. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. I mean, I'm, I'm super blessed, but there's times you get hung up in busynesses of work and life and snow removal and whatever else. It just, yeah, you're, you're, you're stuck in a, a task-minded world where I, I almost would think it almost requires a trip like you did to to feel that. Yeah, in the day-to-day, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself, right? Right. Always got all these things you got to check off your list, but... yeah. Not if you don't got an agenda. Right. Yeah. And that's why I, uh, I mean, that's a lot of what I'm searching for in any of my hunting or anything like that. Just trips. It's that uh, like a mind shift or a realization or whatever else. Yeah. It gets you into that mode of realizing how fortunate you truly are. And also just slowing down, appreciating the beauty of the world that we, we live in really. Um, so that was an emotional evening though. Hey, definitely, definitely something I remember is, uh, is the emotion that night. Yeah. Have you had anything since like that since then? Probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing that I can compare to it off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, I won't call myself an emotional guy, but but I have feelings. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, things are... Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy talking about it, reading about it, whatever else. It's uh, that's what makes the world interesting. I think, you know, is the raw, the raw and the real. You know, um, yeah. So other than other than those couple nights, not any huge struggles. Anything interesting on the West? I'm enamored with the West, so I'm kind of curious to hear about your. Uh, I guess wh- where did you go through? Was it Arizona? That stretch, or where I got, what was your Western portion of your trip? Yeah, I came through um, uh, New, I don't know the order of New Mexico, I think comes first, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, Arizona, then California. Right, yeah. So I skipped uh, south of Nevada, that little point in Nevada. Okay. But um, I basically went that far south. Originally, I was thinking I'd hit the Grand Canyon. I went that far south so that I could stop in Scottsdale, Arizona, where... I knew there was a group of people I knew there. Mm-hmm. So uh, to do that, I had to go through New Mexico, which there was maybe 
five gas stations that I passed through in that state. Yeah. This point, it was getting to be the end of March. It was starting to get a little warmer for a northern boy. Mm-hmm. And um, that just taught me to get water. Right. Uh, Arizona came, went straight into the heart of a city, basically, so it was pretty easy to make it through that state yeah. despite the heat. And um, California was the most uh, close call, maybe you would say. Okay. So on my little pocket atlas and uh, gas station research, basically I was going west on one road. Mm -hmm. So easy. It looked like uh, on my atlas, pocket atlas, there was, uh, you know, every 30 miles estimate, there is some sort of black dot Mm -hmm. town, which you would guess would be a gas station to refill water and uh, get out of the heat and sun. But... uh, each of those black dots was a maybe a fence in the fence in the ground or just a ghost town, maybe a couple of shackled buildings. And I finished my water. I remember I crossed the border into California, uh, maybe at a little after noon. Mm-hmm. I'd ran out of water. Maybe twenty miles in was the first ghost black dot. I had no water. Thought I was gonna fill up. So. I just went to the next one. Mm-hmm. I was getting thirsty. Another ghost town. Just kept going like that. So I'd been out of water all the way in from about noon to 7 p.m. Hmm. And it was getting into the 90s that whole time. So I was real, really contemplating my next move. And um, basically, I was thinking I was just going to have to keep pedaling once it got dark. It would be cooler. And I'd be able to just keep going longer because the next day I wasn't going to make it hardly at all if I tried going during the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, as uh, the sun was setting, basically it was set. There was this tent already pitched on the side of the road. Hmm. So I stopped over, and it was this bicycle with a trailer on it. I'll never forget it. It was stacked really high with pop cans in garbage bags. Right, and it was a picture. It was a guy that I recognized from a picture in a gas station from Arizona on the order border of Arizona, or whenever I filled up huh. with water last time. Where they call him the highway cleanup guy. Apparently, his goal is to just go on those desert roads and pick up all the pop cans. So I said, "Crazy, are you the highway cleanup guy?" <laughs> and he said, "I sure am. You thirsty?" He had. He had multiple 24-packs of Dasani water bottles. He just let me have my fill, and he let me take as many as I wanted, fill my water bottle, and we uh, we camped there together. We made some, made some beans and pork and corn mixed in a skillet and ate that together, and yeah, yeah that was... <laughs> that was my opening to California, and I, I didn't have any more... Uh, I, I didn't have any more close experiences. I, I made it basically to, I mean, the outskirts of L.A. stretches forever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Crazy. What are the odds you find that guy? The guy you've seen in the gas station, hey? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Felt like it was meant to be or something, hey? Yeah. That was your water. That was your, yeah, that's crazy. Huh. Unbelievable. And then through California was fairly hitch-free. You didn't have any big moments like that, you said, as far as water stuff like that no it got uh 
logistically it got a little more annoying Mm -hmm. i would say Uh, i did have a cool uh well i had to climb some mountains there so i had some brutal i had some brutal uh times for the mountains just because it was slow and uh hard yeah but then i also got to get up to you know 35 40 miles per hour by my speedometer going down the hills um so that was fun and i remember coming down just howling like a madman at 40 miles an hour where if i would have you know flinched a little bit i could have sent me sailing Mm -hmm. get some road burn but uh i came around this band and it was just filled with uh wind turbines Hmm. real cool um it meets up with interstate 10 down in california okay so then i uh pitched a tent at the base of a turbine and uh at that point logistically i looked at the maps and i basically could take little cattle roads or take the interstate mm-hmm. so i ended up taking the interstate a lot maybe 60 miles total mm-hmm. on this eight lanes into santa monica mm-hmm. uh jumping off every now and again when it was a little too sketchy but yeah it's weird being a biker um going straight through interstate merging traffic like they're exiting and entering while i'm biking right so it was it was basically plain frogger Mm -hmm. that was the least recommended part of the trip yeah for your well-being right yeah probably the riskiest part hey even though you wouldn't think about that going into it definitely well there's big signs saying bikers prohibited and yeah. pedestrians and all sorts of things and there's a good reason yeah not gonna win those battles right um so you made it to the end what did you do then my older brother next older brother um was on spring break so it's the end of march so he actually ended up driving down spending the week with me he brought uh two of our buddies as well mm-hmm. so us four spent the week living the hollywood life i guess right Mm -hmm. seeing what it was all about honestly after having such a cool uh experience with nature it wasn't quite uh quite exciting to me Mm -hmm. at all right um kind of wanted to get out of there but it was fun to see for the first time and Mm -hmm. first time i um saw southern california in general right so then when that spring break was trip was done that's how i got back home Okay. Loaded up the bike and brother's car. Yeah. Was it weird to uh, go from 30 days biking across the country with other than occasional blips of seeing people or interacting with people? Now you're hanging out with your brother and your friends and interacting all day, or was it no problem? I think it was no problem. It was welcome for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the end, I was ready to be done. I was okay. pushing those limits um, to push miles. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was my first experience. All those states, it was the first time I'd been in. So it was 13 new states for me. Mm-hmm. And um, on the west side, that was desert, and I was pretty over the desert for yeah. the last half of the trip. Right. So I was glad to be done. Yeah. We just did a family trip, big old western loop, and did it down through Southern California and into Nevada, uh, Utah, stuff like that. And, yeah, it's uh, – I, yeah, I love it, but for sure to try to think about crossing on a bike is a big task. Yeah. But, um, so no problem getting back into it. Hey, what about then after that, did you go to work or you should join the military shortly after, or how long after that did you join the military? Yeah, I, um, 
let's see, I got back, so it would have been the end of March, and I, that was about when that semester was finishing up, or shortly there, finishing up, so I wasn't going to school that semester. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to Upper Peninsula here, Michigan, worked, uh, worked doing windows and gutters mm-hmm. for the summer, uh, then I went to Northern Michigan University for just a about a half a semester before I felt like I wasn't in the right spot, and it uh, I uh, signed up for the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and finished my final exams early and um, headed out. Yeah, yeah. the The bike trip is a grand thing. I mean, you could say the saying, "Hey, I'm going to join the Marine Corps." Uh, how, how many years after school was it? I mean, after high school, you're a couple years out, right? Yeah, it must have been. I must have been 22 when I joined. Yeah. So uh, four years out. Somewhat unheard of, but not, I mean, not unheard of, but somewhat unconventional to join the military at 22 versus 18. Uh, but again, I feel like it fits the same theme of you've got something where it says like, heck yeah, let's do this. Like it's an unknown road, but you can handle it or you can tackle it. Where does that come from? Oh, geez. That's a, that's something. That's something something that I can't uh, place, I guess. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Right. But um, I think the timing for the military, which is something that I was always planning on doing, mm-hmm. kind of just worked naturally. Um, like, who knows how immature I was if I would have joined right after high school, which mm-hmm. is already something on my radar. And I uh, could have had a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. But... Um, how things worked out i was a lot more mature going in i think i got a lot more out of my military experience mm-hmm. by joining later yeah you you were glad you joined definitely 100 good, good, good experience totally yeah yeah the uh no i mean uh yeah i mean it's all just super interesting but the the idea of this podcast is obsessed where we're all in on something and it I feel like that ties into your bike trip. Not like you have to be all in on biking, but you're just saying like, let's go, let's do this. Or again, in the military or anything like that. Um, it's just neat. And we talked about uh, the book into the wild. Uh, the guy said, Hey, I'm giving up everything. I'm heading out West. I'm doing this. I'm going up to Alaska. Those grand adventures, those grand things are just so engaging. So, uh, I don't know. And does everybody think that way? Uh, feels like some people you tell these stories to and they're like, eh, take it or leave it. Whereas me, I'm like moved. I'm ready to like sell everything and head out West or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, so it must be a personality thing somewhat. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, um, I just like to t- see what I'm capable of. Yeah. Um, so something like that, um, it's kind of a good reminder that you can really do whatever you want in right. this life. So, um, it's just a good reminder um, without um, losing humility that you're unstoppable, really. Yeah. Like, there's nothing holding you back but yourself mm-hmm. for whatever you want to do. Yeah. So the the trip, joining the military, those are big struggles. Does that make the day-to-day seem like no big deal? Or do you just get back a little bit into that mindset where you, you can be struggling over trivial things? I can definitely find, I'm going to school again using the uh, GI Bill. Yeah. And I can find myself thinking, man, 
schooling is kicking my butt. Right. And um, every now and again, I do just remind myself or I'm reminded by my wife that you can do anything. Yeah. It doesn't take much to get that reminder. Right. And uh, if you feed it to yourself, it's always it's always close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm generally a, generally a pretty positive guy, but occasionally I will get internally down, whatever. Just life goes up, down, whatever. And what always helps me or whenever I get to that point where I'm like feeling bad about this because my car is broke and this broke and my roof's leaking and whatever else, I, I, I like tell myself like, what are you being sorry for yourself for? Like, you're so fortunate. Like, appreciate what you've got and stick your head down and keep moving, you know? I don't, yeah. But it's funny that you can get stuck in that mode occasionally where you're, where you're, where you're like that. But I think I think that's where uh, repeat trips, and it can be even uh, even consistent exercise or whatever, just consistently challenging yourself. I think helps that a lot and makes the day to day trivial make a, a lot less trivial. For sure, yeah. I think the modern day world we're living makes it pretty easy to slide into that rut, mm-hmm. you know, feeling sorry for yourself. Um, it's all about getting the next thing done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, those trips where, you know, you're you're more minimalist, that's, that's what I think kind of grounds me personally. Right. Like, I don't really need any of these other um, modern conveniences. Remind myself that there's a lot more to life than, you know, what you're driving. I can get by with a bike if i feel like it yeah if that doesn't work i got my two legs right that doesn't work i guess i'm crawling right and uh, worst come to worst i'm rolling right right so um it's a good reminder for me yeah the uh hunting out west my uh, we've been getting involved in in backpack hunting and it's unreal and that for that reason like the journey of it the challenge the the spending the time in the nature i feel like we're only out there for a week and we like last year we did two or three nights in a row um and hiked a decent ways in there but i, I feel like i got a, a glimpse into what you experienced but just through that i mean it's just uh but there's a part of me like i would love to do the uh john muir trail or the pacific crest trail like the whole thing just uh, whereas again you mentioned to some people and they're like what on earth like what what would you gain from that and it's like what wouldn't you gain like talk about an unbelievable journey to push yourself and push the limits and see some new stuff and break up the uh, monotony of of what life can be yeah of the modern world right right i would even argue that your backpacking is is more in touch with nature i was on asphalt sure you were in the woods right um, like an example of something i'd like to do do whenever the time works out is a self-sufficient kayaking trip mm-hmm. around the Keweenaw point sure. which would be more in tune with nature you're right. in the water that's always been there and will be there when you're gone so yeah. that's that's an example of in tune with nature that right. I, that i would like to touch again yeah the uh my wife's uncle did a uh i don't remember how far either all of isle royal like one side of it or around it or something like that but in yeah nine ten days straight or something like that and uh he said that was a really neat experience would you ever consider that isle royal versus the Keweenaw? definitely anything i would like to pack a tent or a sleeping bag into the bottom of my kayak and go whatever works i'd go down a river colorado river or something would be cool right anything there's a gentleman locally that i talked to him briefly and i'm gonna bug him to try to get on the podcast here um he kayaks to isle royal from 
the mainland here. And that to him is no big deal. He said he does kayaks from, oh, in Washington up to Alaska. Like, that's just, I don't know, crazy. It's a commitment. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, again, uh, all, all that kind of stuff is just so intriguing. The, yeah, the struggle, the push, you meet some interesting people along the way. Like if you're going to hike, do you have any interest in ever hiking the uh, Appalachian or, or the Pacific Crest or anything like that? The only thing that would keep me from it, it right now is time. Mm-hmm. It would take me away from the family. Right. So that that's the thing keeping me from those long, uh, indefinite amount of time right. experiences now. Yeah. I'll get lost for a weekend and stuff, but right. usually locally. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. The, uh, but I thought to myself, if I retire, that might be my retirement thing or if, and when I retire, like I'll plan it out and I'll do the Pacific crest for, although that's probably a couple months, two and a half. I think that's three, four or five months. Maybe I'll break it into chunks, but either way, something like that, I think would be, uh, an itch I need to scratch for sure. Definitely. There's always the story, the cool stories you hear people that do the stuff. Like someone did uh, what that I met on the bike trip was someone who was riding horseback from uh top top of the mountains in canada down to the southern tip of mexico mm-hmm. when i talked to him he'd been going for a year and a half unreal so yeah th- there's always something that why not me is kind of how i i talk to him geez why aren't i making stories like that for myself right yeah. If you were, you mentioned uh, a modern day, uh, Lewis and Clark, if you were around back then, would you have, uh, I fantasize that I would have been the guy that was saying, Hey, take me on that trip. Or would you have to, I picture I would have got lost for sure. Yeah. I would have I headed, headed West into the unknown. Right. Like, I feel like I would have, but who knows? You're in a whole different world at that time. At that time, it's yeah. just total unknown. I mean, at least uh, the Europeans that were there, it's just totally unknown. So it's, it's a whole new ball game compared to us. And we can look at our maps and we can see this and see that. Whereas they're just like, let's see what we can find, you know? Yeah. It's but, definitely easy to see it, say in a heated room with a button up, but right, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows what it would have been like uh, yeah. back then? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But again, it's, uh, recently introduced to uh i haven't dove deep into them but like uh, personality types enagrams or something you familiar with them a little bit okay the the introduction i've got is there's like nine personality types and everybody fits into one and the the quick look i did into them is that i'm in the i think the adventure thing like if you read what that entails and what that fits i'm like yes that's me you know if you read those it can explain why you are the way you are why what makes you tick the way you are um, I'd be curious to see what yours would be. I'd probably the same. Yeah, I'd be interested as well. Yeah. Um, but then again, I had to find myself. Right. So. Yeah, not this chart. Eh? <laughs> not yeah. this chart, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, I haven't gone deep into it. I don't know much about it. But yeah. it was neat to see is like, hey, maybe this can explain if you are this personality type, why I've got this the, uh, the constant longing to like get lost or wander lust or A lot of those are spot on. So yeah. I'll give him credit for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to check it out and see. Yeah. Huh. Any, uh, during the, the actual trip, did you have any moments where you're like, why on earth did I do this? No. And I think it was because I did the, uh, not Camille. Sure. Uh, while going, I knew that I was an airport away from being done with it. Yeah. So there's no stress really. And no reason to stop. So that's why I just kept going. Mm hmm. You're familiar with, are you familiar with type one and type two fun? Uh, I believe so. Uh, one is, uh, in the moment, right? The other is, um, not quite as fun, but you, uh, 
look back on it and realize that you really did appreciate it. Right. Is that how the bike trip was, type two? I'd say it had aspects of both. Okay. Um, like on the western side, I was definitely feeling like, all right, enough's enough. At this point, it's just miles. It's just putting miles on. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of scenery I saw in 13 new states. Tells you a lot about a country that you're living in mm-hmm. that you didn't know before. Right. Uh, especially at, uh, you know, an average of 13 miles an hour. Um, looking at the ditch, things you see uh, and the scenery uh, in the big scale. Yeah. That, that's definitely something you love in the moment. Right. Right. But you, afterwards, you can look back on it with a, a lot of appreciation, I'm sure, hey? that mean that even even on beyond a level that you could have while, while you were doing it comparing the two i would probably say after the fact i could appreciate it um a little more with time to reflect yeah um and uh i encourage people to come before i left but i also encourage people to see the country at that pace now in hindsight as well so right um definitely a journey that uh i thought was worth it Mm -hmm. and i'd i'd recommend it if it made sense for you yeah if it wasn't the trip that made sense don't do it for no reason right right don't don't do it just to hit a list but if it's something that makes sense for you and would fulfill a a need that you have personally then for sure yeah Hmm. but it can uh that adventure spirit can get you into trouble you remember into the wild you could probably tell me the or correct me if I get this wrong, but you remember the guy that got flown into the lake? Uh, the the author was talking about how that the actual main character he made the case that he wasn't somebody just negligent, like he was he knew what he was doing and just had a bad turn of events or whatever else. But there's cases of people that are just negligent. They've got the great spirits, but they're they're negligent. And one of the uh, stories he talks about the guy that got flown into that remote lake in Alaska. Uh, for whatever reason, didn't book his flight back. Remember this one? Uh, I do not. Okay. Didn't book his flight back and fall came and he realized I'm running out of goods. There's no plane coming for me. Like, what am I going to do? Finally, he realized like, there's nobody coming for me. I'm spending the winter here and everything moves out in the winter. There's no food. There's nothing. He's starving. Like he's like, this is the end of it. At one point, a plane flies over and it sees his encampment and all his commotion down there. And he comes outside, throws his hands up in the air at this plane as the plane flies over. Like he's so excited. This plane's here to save me. Like I'm out in the middle of the bush. The plane's going to stop hands up in the air. Plane does a loop, continues on and leaves him there. And he's like, what the heck? Eventually goes back into his cabin, reads his pamphlet on communicating with planes and whatever signal he had made meant, I'm good. Leave me alone. And he left him and he died. That passed away in that cabin from, being excited and throwing his hands in the air or whatever the story was but yeah that's that's remarkable that's uh that's a bad ending right but a terrific story yeah that yeah i got all of it at that adventure i mean that's a crazy crazy story and just a bad bad luck but you just got to appreciate that kind of a guy that will or or gal that will just get out there and go on that type of a journey but again not everybody does to me it's like the best thing in the world definitely yeah. A little bit of an escape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Th- so you said right now with uh, family, uh, of course, you're not going to go on a three-month trip, um, but you do still try to fulfill that potentially with kayak, stuff like that, or w- what other ways do you think you'll try to ha- have a, a shortened but similar experiences? 
I'd like to involve the family. Okay. So right now they're still a little young yeah. to be a little too old to be putting on uh, and wearing mm-hmm. during an adventure, right. but a little too young to be using their own feet for yeah. any amount of time. Right. So um, maybe we'll sit on it. Maybe we'll condition them, do some local shorter stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll get uh, get my my little boy doing some hill sprints. Yeah, we'll right. Get, we'll yeah. get them ready. <laughs> Maybe next next few years we'll be ready to take something as a family. Yeah. No, I think that that'll probably be the answer is just getting them involved and and that would be unbelievable to have my my kids and and my wife along with and have it be where you could go on little weekend jaunts all over the UP um or longer trips elsewhere too. Definitely. Again, those memories uh those memories and happiness is is only real if it's shared, right? right. So be a be a whole different experience to be doing it with the people you love yeah did you was it in hindsight or during the trip that you realized that or, or that the happiness is shared uh mentality uh might have happened during but couldn't put words to it until after okay yeah this is more of a hindsight uh hindsight ability to to talk about that at least yeah right and the uh, the happiness is shared is for sure true, but there's also an element if you're going to spend 30 days biking with a guy, you could have had some uh, whatever arguments over which routes to take and stuff like that. But I guess that's making sure that you and the person that you go with mesh fairly well. Definitely. If someone's got the same mindset, you know, um, you're, you're bound to have that, especially with uh, exercise. You get, you get a little cranky if you're pushing limits already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it was someone with similar mindset, it would have been something you would have laughed at at yeah. the end and and it would have worked for pushing yourself during it right so undoubtedly going with someone would uh be frustrating mm-hmm. even more um even more credit to the couple i saw doing the same trip tandem hmm. so the guy was sitting up front and he whispered to me that there ain't no way she's pedaling behind me yeah <laughs> So I can't ima- I can't imagine the type of uh type of emotions you're feeling but you're also you know that's your partner. Right. You you got to be patient but you're also experiencing in this with them. Yeah. Ah, you can't go wrong if you're just uh just trying something, mm-hmm. pushing yourself. Yeah. No, part of the intriguing part is the the solo part. You I don't know if I have ever gone 24 hours without talking to another person maybe i don't know but you have or did you in the trip did you ever or is there always a gas station stop or on the trip there is probably always some interaction i feel like at some point um even if it was just a passing um hello right while i was filling water but uh maybe military wise i've gone um full days without talking to someone okay whatever you're doing yeah and not that that means a whole lot but for whatever reason it just hit me one time like i'm thinking about doing some overnight camping trips by myself like i've never i've never done that in my life i don't even know what it's like i I sure for sure have spent like time alone hunting and stuff but it's for the, the daylight period for example yeah yeah actually uh a couple experiences since i've been married if my wife's taken the kids and gone on a trip to another state to visit family or something, and I, for some reason, had commitments where I needed to stay back, mm-hmm. 
I've always went and camped on some uh, acres I own. And that's always been by myself. Hmm. So that's always been a whole weekend by myself. Right. Do you find that that's enjoying? Like you get a, a yeah, what, what do you get from that? I get to swing a hammer without okay. needing to worry about when I'm getting home or um, a lot of times I'll accidentally skip the meals and stuff because I'm just doing stuff at my own schedule. Right. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And sleeping under the stars is best place to sleep. Yeah. In my opinion. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Do you, that adventure spirit, do you think that came from, like, was your dad or mom similar or where, again, you don't know, necessarily know where that came from? They were similar in the sense that they, they've done, uh, you know, hiking and uh, outdoors type family adventures since they've been together. And uh, beforehand, they had done their own little adventures, many that I'm sure I don't know about. Mm -hmm. But uh, for sure, no, my mom uh, backpacked in Europe when she was single. And hmm. uh, my dad grew up in Washington State, so he was... Uh, always uh outdoors doing whatever he wanted out there mm -hmm. definitely probably their personality passed down on me a little bit right um they might not want to take credit for the whole personality yeah right <laughs> but uh but they have something to do with who i am for sure yeah yeah the uh experiences that you go through it i mean it's the the question of uh nature versus nurture or is, is how it's put right um you, do you have an agenda or a thought with your kids to instill a similar thing or do you just kind of want to let them go wherever uh, life takes them? Sometimes I try convince myself I've got some plans. Yeah. But uh, it's always day by day. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to make the best decisions I can mm -hmm. each day. Uh, long term, long term, I hope, uh, honestly hope they can look back at me and appreciate me right um more than i hope that like i don't know i impact i i want to impact them but i also want them to be their own people right um it's an interesting parenting is a very interesting adventure and, yeah and maybe maybe that's the adventure i need right now right right yeah i'm three and a half years into it with two little ones and a third on the way so it's uh but you think about that a lot. I think about it quite frequently. It's not something I actively um, pursue as affecting it, but I just think about like the, the um, things you put them through, the way you interact with them, the way you speak to them is uh, for sure going to affect the rest of their lives, you know, and, and now it's on a development stage, but eventually it's going to be to, uh, I guess it's still developing, but it's also, yeah, the experiences of the outdoors, stuff like that, that I want to focus on. But again, they, some of them may have no interest and that's totally okay for sure they can be their own people but i at least want to create the avenue for them to be for it to be there if they'd like it to yeah definitely i i, I feel the same way it's something i enjoy so um past development when they're older it's more of that emotional stuff that they're mm -hmm. they're finding out who they are you know getting their morals aligned and stuff mm -hmm. um we tell them best we can but they got figure it out for themselves and maybe um if i'm just doing stuff i like still when i'm uh you know old when they're old enough to see what i'm doing mm -hmm. maybe they'll 
pick up some of it. Maybe they won't. Right. It'll be fun to do stuff with them, mm-hmm. but uh, who knows? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, again, I, I keep going back to this uh, adventurous mindset or going for the grand thing. Do you, do you have any thoughts on how that'll manifest itself through uh, the rest of your life? Do you, for some reason, there's a, an element of me that thinks it's uh, a bit of a struggle to just say, hey, we're going to settle down. We're going to stay here. I'm going to work for 40 years. I'm going to retire. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? Just the cookie cutter thing where I'm like, let's go again. Let's move out west. Let's do this. Let's do these grand things. But maybe the adventure that somebody needs is uh, uh, raising kids and, and find some fulfill, fulfill, fulfillment there as well. But anyways, do you have any thoughts of, of that for the rest of your life? Or what are your, how does that play into your mindset? I definitely know I'll be pushing limits for myself yeah. um, in some form or fashion mm-hmm. till till I'm six feet under. Right. Nowadays, um, parenting's a priority. Yeah. Um, something my wife and I like to do is try to give each other a little bit of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I get home f- from uh, school right now, work later in life, mm-hmm. I'll... Uh, I'll always try to give her uh, an escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, I'll just say, if you want, just get lost for two hours. You don't need to be home. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. You can go sit in a store. I don't care what you do. Right. I don't need to know what you do. Right. Just uh, I got the kids for two hours is the is the time it seems to be. Mm-hmm. To be good before you're thinking, all right, I better get back and help right. help my spouse. Right. So she reciprocates the same thing to yep. me. Right. Yeah. The, uh, my wife is a personal trainer, full-time stay at home mom, but since then has become a personal trainer. And, uh, that's been fun to watch is her growth internally. And then just being more than a mom is fun to see her get out and, and push those boundaries. Um, for that. Yeah. It's just, I think it's important for me and her to have, yeah, just some life and beyond just being a parent for sure. Hundred percent. Moms are heroes. Yeah, they are. They are incredible. And for your wife to balance a career too, right. that's that's just another layer of of awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. So you said you always are looking to push the boundaries until you're six feet under, is the way you put it. Do you mean intellectually, physically, or what do you mean by that? I don't think I have a have a way that I'm talking about. Okay. I think, uh, to me, it's some way. Um, like I kind of spoke about, if I don't have the bike, it'll be with legs. If I don't have the legs, it'll be with arms. If I don't have the arms, it'll be just rolling. Right. So whatever, um, whatever I'm able to do, mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what I mean. So like right now, maybe I feel more restricted cause I'm going to school and that's where I would try to do it intellectually. Okay. So, um, you know, I think it was Mark Mark Twain said that uh, I won't let schooling get in the way of my education. Right, yeah. So even though I'm going to, you know, university right now, taking some classes that I feel like I'm doing to get a piece of paper, mm-hmm. I want to make the most of this time. I don't want it to be, uh, you know, wasted years. Right. Um, so, so at this point, maybe it is an intellectual, intellectual thing. Mm -hmm. Um, with that in mind, I've also been trying to remind myself how important, um, you know, my health is. Mm -hmm. So I try, I do try to maintain a physical thing 
mm-hmm. um, some way. Right. This is hockey season. Maybe I'll be doing that. If I can't make it there, maybe I'll be going to basketball. If I can't do that, I'll try to shovel instead of snowblow. Mm-hmm. Whatever I whatever I can do, just try to try to keep making sure that I can push myself some way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I find that in. Uh, yeah, I can appreciate that on the physical side of things, but on the on the uh, intellectual or however you want to put it, the, just your brain processing that my biggest growth moments and the part I'm most engaged in is when I'm learning something that's new. Uh, so that if I, if I get complacent in whatever I'm doing, uh, I, I, I struggle, uh, just maintaining, like I, I need to find a new challenge or a way to either get to that next level or whatever else. That's part of what this podcast is. This is all new. I mean, the software, the editing, the, the microphones, all this stuff, I have zero exposure to this. So I got to learn it all from scratch try to put it together and if I'm going to do it I want to do it all the way and try to have it be as good as it can be that I have a like my brain doesn't stop thinking about this outside of like what I'm supposed to be doing and family and stuff like this like I'm super engaged in in this whole process like I build a map of this is what I don't know here's all the sections of it and I fill it in as I go to build a big picture to finally say hey here's an end product or here's what it is but that that learning something new and challenging yourself is where I'm by far the most engaged. And I might have some, I would like to say that I don't compare myself to others, Okay. but this example and doing the bike trip because I didn't have a story for myself, right. Um, align, um, or contradict that statement that I don't like comparing myself to others. Right. Um, same thing intellectually. If you, if you hear about someone who's going and doing something like starting their own podcast and being successful with it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing where you stop and go, why not me? Right. So, so it, it aligns pretty evenly mentally and physically where you should be, you know, pushing yourself right. intellectually. Yeah. In my opinion, it sounds like yours as well. Right. And, uh, even if that's just doing something that's not, too strenuous maybe even enjoyable like reading a novel mm-hmm. you don't have to learn anything from it but you're still keeping your keeping your mind engaged and in my opinion will be better for it mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's uh there, there's times again i i feel like i always need to be pushing the edge of what i'm learning or, or reading or challenge myself for something like this or also on the physical side where I want to do these grand things and go out on these backpack hunts or do whatever that I I think to myself, my life would be easier if you didn't have to sometimes, you know, but I I guess that's where I thrive. Like if I just outside of that, if I just settled that, yeah, I I just wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't feel alive. Yeah. It seems like, uh, making your livelihood doing something like hiking right wouldn't that be something awesome yeah it's uh and there's people you know who do it right how do they get there i don't know but it's the same thing anything's possible right right um and i guess the only thing holding us back is ourselves Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah those are those uh million dollar questions i guess right right how to get to that point yeah what are you going to school for civil engineering okay do you envision you'll uh, do civil engineering for a, a lengthy career, or are you open to uh, doing it for a short bit and then ending up being uh, something way, way different if it's better or bigger for you? 
I think my future holds anything as long as it's living in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Okay. That's my best answer right now. Yeah. There might be potential employers down the road who mm-hmm. could listen to this. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to say that I'm not fully into civil engineering. Right. Because I'm very enthusiastic about what I'm doing right, right. now. Yeah. And I'm learning all I can. But um, I'm I'm definitely not going to chain myself to something maybe ever. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, at risk of being detrimental. Like I really enjoy real estate and I think I'll do it for quite some time. Um, and it's served me really well, but for sure you, uh, I mean, something like this is engaging just to challenge yourself or if the, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it'd have to be something pretty extreme for me to say, Hey, let's do something other than real estate. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, but for sure open anything, you know, if you're going to, if there's something out there where you could be, uh, a hiking guide or something like that. That'd be pretty neat. Probably not a very sustainable career, but yeah. Civil engineering is a, is a broad one. And yeah. I appreciate that for it. There's the opportunities to be outside, mm-hmm. uh, maybe work at a, a park system or something. Right. Um, as well as it's pretty, pretty solid for jobs. If you want to work on roads mm-hmm. or bridges, transportation type stuff. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of broadness to the to the field, mm-hmm. which I think fits kind of my my outlook right. on life. Yeah, I could see you, uh, you know, being a civil engineer in different aspects and moving up, moving sideways, and learning many different sections of it to yeah, just be a more well-rounded engineer versus more of a hey, this is my thing and this is what I focus on, and then eventually letting that lead to whatever uh, a higher up management position not that people have uh, management's what you have to go for but you've got a gift with people where if you could learn some of those bases and then get beyond that and be a, a super effective uh, manager ceo type thing is that would you be engaged with that at all do you think i definitely um like being in leadership roles okay um i would love doing that it um it's up in the air for me because I am also drawn to what you said about those lateral moves. Right. Um, those moves don't move you up. Right. But you, you're always learning. You're always learning regardless what you do. But it's kind of the, it's kind of the difference of being a professional at one aspect mm-hmm. or well-rounded. Right. And um, I'm young enough in my um, professional life that. Not sure where it'll lead at this point. Might yeah. come down to opportunities. Sure. Who knows? Right. And there's a time and a place to put your own uh, own aspirations from a ideal career situation to put your family first. And if that means potentially that you're a specialist in one area, even though you're potentially would have liked to have done something slightly different, but it fits within your family life, that's totally okay. I, I mean, that's honorable, really. Um but yeah, a, a lot of sp- lot of time spent thinking about, yeah, just are you doing what you're set out to do? Or it's a good question. Um, and like you said, that priority is definitely family. So right. if it comes down to me needing to be a, you know, working three jobs, including like nighttime gender and whatever I can get my hands on, whatever what someone will hire me for, if that's what it takes to put food on the family's plate. I'm not too proud to do anything either. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. Before we got on, you were saying you're, uh, uh, you do quite a bit of reading. Um, any books you'd recommend any recent books that you're reading right now that you would, uh, recommend for me personally or somebody out there listening? Uh, I'd recommend any book, any, anytime you're reading, you're doing yourself a favor. Okay. Uh, I could do book recommendations all day. Yeah. Uh, recent reads that I'd recommend. Um, let's see if I can come up with something for you. Um, one that took a lot of my time recently was just that I revisited the Harry Potter series. Mm -hmm. So that's something you either like or you don't. Right. Um, I'm definitely not a science fiction type person. Right. But I do get drawn into the the art of a author's form, mm-hmm. and um, I think J.K. Rowling was able to draw me in for the whole series twice. So yeah, I just wanted to see if I felt it any different when I was older compared to when I read it a decade ago. Yeah, did and, did uh, you? Uh, it was probably it was probably a little less entertaining for me. Yeah. Um, now that I. I'm a little past, uh, I don't know, I guess, would I say mature? I don't know. You sure. can still be mature and like like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Something about it just, um, it was probably just being at the, it was the second time I was reading it. Right. So I, I definitely caught some things that I didn't get or remember yeah. the first time through. I'll tell you, I didn't enjoy it, um, but... I, I don't know if it'll be very soon before I do the third time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In high school or in middle school and high school, I read every book three times probably. Um, and recently read the first one again in the first time in 10 years. So same thing. I have the set, second one sitting on my shelf, but I haven't opened it yet. And it's the same thing. I will. I'll get to them and I'll read them all again. But it, it does have a, yeah, it's lost a little bit of its uh, magic, I guess you would say. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> no, this is good. Good, good stuff. Uh, anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap it up? I'm trying to think of another book. So you might have to edit this one. Cause I want to get it on here. Yeah. It's the we'll one take, that, take as long as you need yeah. a weekend. Um, I might have to Google it cause yeah. I'm reading it currently and it's sweet. Okay. It's a long title. I wish I could remember it. Do you remember I what it's about? I'm curious if I know of it. Yeah. It's about, uh, a Midwestern, midwestern guy who is just super in tune with the land that he owns okay so it it starts digging um just into his his love for the land and like investment in the land so he can he tell talks about all the the ways he loves the uh you know the trees and the grass and (laughs) the the animals that come by and he knows so much about it that it's just um it's like it's awe-inspiring really how intimate he is with his own land and as someone who owns land myself something i would strive to be like right is um, it a sand county almanac that's what it is yeah i've read it yeah uh, yeah so i'm about halfway through and it's just phenomenal yeah are you familiar with his history or how he plays into conservation history no, is it covered in the book? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, no, he I'm came. Not. He came out with that book, and I'm a little bit pulling at straws here, so some of this might not be totally true. But his way of thinking, at looking at the land as an entire ecosystem, 
and how that the bugs affect the birds and the birds affect the trees and how it all plays together and you eliminate this or you do this, whatever else. That's, that was new thinking at that time. Uh, and at the time they had market hunting that was eliminating all sorts of, I mean, uh, widespread extinction, not extinctions, but in certain areas, there's no animals left or very, very few. And he was the one that introduced or, or a big push behind the modern day conservation that we know of it today through his thinking and how that all plays in. Yeah, it's absolutely terrific detail right. in how he in how he lives in the land, mm-hmm. not just on the land. Right. He's looking at uh, rings on a tree, and you learn so much. Like the if if there's a small growth ring, it's not because there is a drought that year; it was the year before that. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that. Like I don't know how much can you learn from your land. It never ends. Is is what I'm getting out of this book so far, and right. Yeah, it's really a it's it, it's really an awesome book that I'm currently reading. Yeah. Hmm. How did you hear that one, or how'd you get introduced to it? Uh, one of my older brothers um, read it and recommended it. Actually, got it for me for Christmas. Okay. Nice. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. The uh, well, appreciate you coming on, Garrett. Pleasure to be here, Logan. This is neat. We'll do it again. For sure. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>